Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with Jesus. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. The movie Places in the Heart was released in 1984 and was nominated for Best Picture that year. The movie is set in Texas in 1935 in a small farming town that is caught in the grip of the Great Depression. It begins with tragedy when the town sheriff, Royce Spaulding, is accidentally shot by a black teenager named Wiley. The shot is clearly an accident, the consequence of some poor uh, choices, decisions by the young teen. Nevertheless, the sheriff, a family man with a wife and two young children, is dead. And in 1935 in Texas, that did not sit well with many in the community. And so to make a bad situation absolutely horrible, some local vigilantes lynched the boy. So by the end of the day, there are now two families caught in the throes of grief. Well, the movie masterfully depicts the family and friends of each of these dead men preparing to lay their loved ones to rest. The camera moves back and forth between the two burial scenes which are happening on the same day. Young Wiley is laid to rest in a small burial plot on the, near a farm field, and uh, Sheriff Spaulding is buried in the town cemetery. But before the funerals, there's a very moving scene in the movie where the sheriff's widow, Edna, who's played by Sally Fields, is joined by her sister, Margaret, to prepare the sheriff's body for burial. The body is laid out on their dining room table at home. And together, Edna and Margaret compassionately and tenderly wash this body using a basin of water before it's dressed and then placed in the casket. It's a moment of great vulnerability and sacredness as these two women take on this very physical labor of love, holding death in their hands to offer this last gesture of care. 
Well, I remember that particular scene from the movie when I read our gospel lesson for today. Because here, Mary is engaged in a similar labor of love as she compassionately and tenderly prepares a body for burial. She is holding death in her hands as she washes the feet of Jesus, not with a basin of water, but with a jar of expensive perfume. Of course, the big difference between the scene in the movie and the scene in our gospel lesson is that Jesus is still very much alive. So Mary's action is actually a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing of the tragedy that is about to come in that story. Now we step back a bit and remember that Mary is not kin to Jesus. She's not family, but she is a dear friend. And she was indebted to Jesus because just before, just a few days before, Jesus had undone the burial preparations for her brother Lazarus. Lazarus had died. He'd been prepared. He had been buried and laid to rest. And then Jesus shows up four days later, and he calls Lazarus out of the tomb, burial preparations undone. Jesus gives Mary and Martha their brother back, an occasion for such joy that they are having a dinner party with Jesus as the guest of honor. I'm sure they were having a great time of celebration. But then Mary stops the party dead in its tracks by performing this burial ritual for Jesus with this expensive perfume, an extravagant and yet odd gift by any measure. Last week, You may remember Pastor Alice reminded us of the definition of the word prodigal, remember? Because we were reading the story last week of the story of the prodigal son. Well, the definitions of the word prodigal include to uh, to be wastefully or recklessly extravagant. Think of the prodigal son. To be lavishly abundant. To be wasteful of money or possessions. So given those definitions and this act of Mary in pouring out a whole jar of expensive perfume, I think we could say that Mary was somewhat of a prodigal disciple in her actions that night. She lavishly and extravagantly, or as Judas would say, wastefully, shares this gift of expensive perfume. She does it out of her great love. Out of great love, she pours out all of it for Jesus, never counting the cost. Mary's gift of abundant love helps us to prepare, helps our hearts to prepare for where the story goes next. Because the very next thing that happens in the larger gospel story is that Jesus will enter Jerusalem where the cross is waiting. Maybe Mary's lavish gift is also a foreshadowing of the gift our prodigal Savior, 
Our prodigal savior, wastefully, recklessly, extravagant, lavishly, abundant, wasteful of possessions, our prodigal savior will give to us as he pours out everything, his life on the cross. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. And on the cross, Jesus will take on the labor of love of holding death in his hands, holding your death, holding my death in those hands that are nailed to the cross. In this prodigal act, this lavish and extravagant act of love, Jesus is giving us the gift of life. Our burial preparations which begin the day that we're born, our burial preparations undone as he calls us out of the tomb of our sin and our brokenness. Jesus will exchange our lives for his. The burial Mary foreshadowed is coming. Jesus will die so that we might have the gift of life. And this gift is for everyone, for Mary and for Judas, for all of us gathered here, for everyone we will meet this week. Jesus offers this gift of life. And whether you feel worthy of this gift or not, whether we feel others are worthy of this gift or not, think of Judas, the gift is given. In a few moments, we are going to come to God's table for a meal that is a foreshadowing of what the kingdom of God is like. It's a place where all are welcome, all are included, no one is refused. All of us will receive this gift of life today. This table is a place of extravagant and lavish love and grace where God pours out everything for us. A gift that we can't earn, only receive. Now the movie Places in the Heart is full of heartache and struggle and people doing things that both hurt others and bless others. It's a movie that puts the fullness of our human condition on display. But the last scene of the movie takes on a new dimension. It takes us to another plane. Spoiler alert, I am about to ruin the ending of the story for you if you have, or the movie for you if you haven't seen it, but you have had almost 40 years. So, here goes. The last scene in the movie takes place in their little church. The whole town is there. Wealthy residents and those who are dirt poor sitting next to each other, black and white worshipers sitting side by side, and the congregation is having communion. And they're having communion the way that many Protestant churches still do it today, where they pass the bread down the pews and the wine down the pews, and so the members of the congregation actually commune each other. And so as this is happening, we are watching as we see all the different characters Uh, offering communion to one another and receiving communion from one another. 
and we see them uh, pass the bread and wine down the pews, those who have loved and helped each other, those who have hurt and cheated each other, they are all together receiving this gift of life. Like it will be in the kingdom of God. Then the last moment of the movie reveals that we have moved to another dimension. We are in fact seeing the communion of saints because the camera stops and we see that sitting in the congregation is Sheriff Spaulding. The sheriff receives the gifts of bread and wine from his wife. And then the sheriff passes communion to the person sitting next to him and the person sitting next to him is young Wiley, the boy who shot him. Together they share this meal of God with the words, the peace of God. The movie gives us a foreshadowing of the kingdom of God where all are welcome, all is forgiven, all are given new life, all worshiping together with no distinction. And now it is our turn to receive this gift, this foreshadowing of the kingdom of God, to receive this gift side by side, where all are welcome, a foretaste of the feast to come, a feast that will be served by hands that are still scarred from the nails, and feet that still have the slight fragrance of expensive perfume. A feast served without counting the cost. An extravagant gift of love, lavishly given to you. Amen.